This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Haley Ward, for Pharmacy Future Leaders. Today, we welcome to the show Travis Hornsby. Chief Planner at Student Loan Planner, a former bond trader who used his skills to create models for how to save money while paying back student debt. Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Haley. So to start off, Travis, uh, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started with the creation of Student Loan Planner? Sure, be happy to. So um, my wife had a bunch of student loans uh, from med school, not pharmacy school, but you know, it's 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 really stressful no matter what school it is, right? <laughs> and so she uh, she was kind of ignoring it, not really thinking about it when we met. And so we started dating. We had the money talk. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, you have how much of student loans? <laughs> and so I went to undergrad with nothing because I got super lucky. You know, I got a scholarship undergrad in, in where I went in Florida at University of Florida was really cheap. You know, it's like almost free because it's just uh, we just got really lucky there. And so... So we had all the student debt in our lives now because I wanted to marry my now wife. And I was thinking, well, how the heck do we get rid of this? Like, What's the best way? And so I was kind of thinking it was just kind of like any debt, right? Like you kind of talk to your parents about debt. You talk to like friends, you listen to shows like uh, maybe like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're ever like watching CNBC with your parents and like, you, you know, you sit on that show for a little bit. So they say, pay it all off. That's what they always say. But the problem is student loans are so different from every other kind of debt. There's income-based options. There's forgiveness options. And if you have $10,000 in a credit card, nobody's going to be forgiving that. You need to buckle down to pay it off, right? Right, absolutely. But if you have $300,000 or $200,000 of loans from pharmacy school, there's, there's a lot more options than that. And if you have, you know, six figures of debt for medical school, there's a lot more options for that. So basically what I did is I used the skills that I developed trading uh, for one of the world's larger investment companies, billions of dollars in bonds. I took those Excel skills that I had developed in that job. I was pretty good at programming because of that, that job for Excel specifically. And I just built an Excel model is all I did for, for my wife. And then she was like, this is pretty good. You should share this. And so I posted it online and then people started downloading it a ton. And I realized that, wow, this is, this is something that people really need. And so then I said that I did student loan consulting part-time and then a bunch of people demanded it. So then I realized, well, okay, maybe I should do this as my full-time thing. So I gradually made it my full-time focus and, you know, I, I uh, launched it kind of officially in October, 2016. And you know, one thing's led to another, friends have told friends, and now we've had about 1,200 clients, and we've advised about 340 million of student debt um, as I record the podcast with you today. <laughs> wow, that's that's impressive and very needed. Um, I mean, as a third-year student, I have just recently started looking into my, into my debt because I was so afraid to look at it before, and it was definitely a wake-up call when I saw those trailing zeros. It's 
it's a lot of money and you really have no idea when you're walking in, you're just excited that you got accepted to your, you know, the program of your dreams and you just think, okay, I'll pay it off when I'm done. And it's so scary that the interest, it keeps building up. You can end up with $200,000, but if you keep putting it off, that can double and triple and keep going and you'll never finish paying it off. Um, and Forbes magazine reports that there's more than 44 million borrower, borrowers that collectively owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt in the United States. That number is ridiculous. Travis, what are your thoughts on the student debt crisis? Well, it's, it's bad and it's getting worse. So there's no end in sight. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for example, <clears throat> I think the average pharmacist debt has just absolutely exploded in the past 10 years. Um, if you look at the AACP's <clears throat> graduating student survey, you can kind of tell that the average debt, I think the last number that I saw was up to about 166,000, I want to say, was the average pharmacist debt for, for people who all pharmacists who graduate with debt. Um, and actually, our internal numbers with student loan planner uh, have shown our, our average client has about 217,000 of debt from pharmacy school. And um, what I think is happening is a lot of times, um, Haley, you're, you're somebody who's like prepared and really kind of thinking about the future. And so you're logging into, you know, your, your account balance to see what you owe. A lot right. of people don't do that. And so these surveys are actually based off of people's self-reported estimates of what they're going to graduate with. And a lot of times what I find is people underestimate the amount of debt that they actually graduate with. Absolutely. And so, um, so actually I think that the, the statements from the AACP could actually even be understating the true amount of the debt out there, which is really kind of terrifying if you think about it, because, you know, pharmacists are, you know, I mean, the typical income is 110 to 130 if you're full time in a kind of a retail setting, maybe less if you're in a hospital setting. And then obviously much less if you do a residency for a couple of years. Right. Uh, and then also, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing reports from readers um, and other thought leaders in the pharmacy profession that, you know, there are some issues with, with people getting full-time job jobs out there. You know, Kroger laid off some people a little while ago. Um, you know, CVS Walgreens are in some locations trying to give people part-time hours instead of full-time hours. Um, so, being a pharmacist is not necessarily the slam dunk financially that it has been for the past, uh, you know, 20, 30 years. And so that also requires kind of a different uh, mindset in, into, you know, how do you deal with debt and make your family financially secure? Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. Um, you actually wrote an article called uh, about the pharmacy school explosion. And that has to do a lot with what you were just saying now that before pharmacy school was, you know, or the professional pharmacy was thought to be, you know, one of those up there jobs. And now pharmacists are struggling to find jobs or to get the full time, the benefits. There's so many schools. You, you wrote that there was 138 schools in the United States. And that's a crazy number. And as a future pharmacist, that terrifies me because you're coming out with a six-figure debt and you don't know if you're going to land a job. So you're pretty much settling for whatever comes. Um, you know, that's, that's so terrifying when we talk about money when, you, you know, you're saying not a lot of people look at their debt. And I was one of those people. You said 166000 I'm third year and I've already surpassed that. I think I'm like 20 grand over that. So that goes to show you, and I'm somebody that looks at it monthly. You know, my friends say that sometimes I'm, I'm obsessing over it, but I was taking the plus loan before because I thought I needed to supplement, you know, my income and I needed to, to help around at the house. And it was just because I didn't have the guidance to try and limit myself to the bare minimum. 
you know, and yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of students lack. They think that this is free money and I'm, I'm to blame too. I've taken vacations with my student loan money, not knowing what the consequences were, not knowing how the interest was going to, you know, increase my amount. It, it's insane. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's pretty scary, right? <laughs> and I, and I, and I did confirm that it's, that it is, um, you know, about 166,000 is what they're reporting. And actually 85% of pharmacists are reporting um, debt. And, and the, the debt is a little bit uh, split between, you know, if you went to a public school or if you went to a private school. So consider this, um, you know, if you go to a public school for pharmacy school, you might come out with uh, an average of about 137,000. But if you go to a private school, you might come out with an average of 193,000. Yeah. And, and that's the self-reported average. And so what I really have been seeing is, you know, averages more like 250 to 300,000 for private schools. Um, oftentimes there will be some prerequisites that you'll have to take. You know, some of these programs will do like a, a sort of a pre, pre-pharmacy school kind of curriculum right. that you'll have to do and you'll take out undergraduate loans for that. Um, so I recently had a case that was really kind of heartbreaking where the father um, was kind of a, you know, a, a first generation immigrant to the United States. Uh, you know, came here because it's the land of opportunity, right? And <laughs> he had uh, 200000 of of Parent PLUS loans. And then his, um, then that was for all the prereqs that he did, that the son did at the pharmacy school. And then the son had about 220000 of pharmacy school loans too in his own name. So combined, that pharmacy school education was like a 400 something thousand dollar debt burden. And this oh. is for a degree that, you know, if he wants to live in a, in a, urban area where there's lots of pharmacists so the supply of labor is plentiful that he might struggle to get those full-time hours and then how are you supposed to pay back a four hundred thousand dollar debt burden making a hundred thousand dollars a year it's just really not not possible if you want to live any kind of lifestyle at all right yeah absolutely absolutely and do you um well before we start that can you tell us a little bit about student loan planner and what services you guys offer sure our main service is helping people figure out exactly what we think that they should do with their debt so they can save the most money possible and get to debt freedom as fast as possible. So basically we have on studentloanplanner.com, we've got um, a link for refinancing bonuses where people can click on and they can uh, click on a bunch of different links to get anywhere from 200 to $1,000 cash back if they refinance their student loans and find a lower interest rate. So that's part of our business and, and that's actually free to use. You know, there's no charge for that. We don't really... Um, you know, that's not really like a paid thing. People, if they only have $100,000 of private of, of, of student loans, they know they need to do a private refinancing for uh, to get a lower interest rate, then people can do that on our website for free. The, the people that are hiring us to make the plans are people that are kind of uns, unsure or uncertain about what they should do. Like people that go to private schools or have a really high debt burden, maybe they went to an out-of-state pharmacy school and maybe they owe, you know, 200,000 or more is the most common type of uh, consult that we get. You know, a lot of times we'll get people with, with a low six figure balance, like a hundred something thousand two that want to talk to us. But in general, you know, the reason to book the student loan plan service that we offer is if you're really unsure of what path you should take, because there's three big paths. You can go for the public service loan forgiveness program. If you're working in a not-for-profit employer, you can refinance because the government gives you like six to 8% loans that can be refinanced to maybe four to five percent, so you can save money if you can afford the payments. And then that third path is paying based on your income for twenty to twenty-five years, 
and then having to pay taxes on that forgiven balance at the end of those 20 to 25 years. So those are the three big paths. And if that sounded like, I don't know, if that sounded like a foreign language class to you when, <laughs> when I was describing that, then you probably do need to hire us for the student loan plan. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like everyone should hire your services. I posted online uh, kind of a little survey to see kind of where people stood with, um, with regards to, to loan information and nobody knew what questions to ask because nobody knows anything. You That's know? scary. Yeah, it's scary. You fill out the application, they send you the money and you go on with your, on your merry way, you know, and then you're faced with this um, loan servicer who tells you how much you have to pay. And, and that's one thing um, that a lot of people don't know. And a lot of people aren't certain about once you finish graduation, you have to decide which way to go. Do you recommend that they go to you before they graduate to kind of get that plan on a, on the road and ready as soon as their servicer contacts them? Or do they wait after the deferment period? What do you suggest in that situation? Sure. I, I think that the best time to contact us is right after you graduate uh, or right before you graduate. I mean, that's when we can save you the most money. While you're in school, there's honestly not a whole lot that we can really do for you because, um, you know, the biggest impact that's going to happen with your student loans, Haley, is not that vacation that you took that you put on student loans and that was like a $3,000 extra borrowing that you needed. Right. Like that's, not, that's not really going to alter your strategy any. What's, what's, what's altering the strategy is the fact that you're going to have, you know, $40,000 of tuition that you're going to have to pay this year, you right. know? So that's, that's the big driver. So for that reason, you know, I kind of like the idea of people like just educating themselves gradually if they're still in school, you know, focusing on their studies, focusing on getting out of school and finishing. Cause that's the most important thing is that you finish Absolutely. And you get, a, get a degree, you know, and I've had some people that haven't, and that's the real not good situation. So you, you, you want to get the degree and finish. And then once you finish getting that degree, that's when we can really help you a lot. So if you're, you know, a brand new grad or you uh, have been out of school for a few, even a few years, you know, we actually even have sometimes people reach out to us that have been out of school for 10 years or more because, you know, maybe they put their loans into for a bunch of forbearance and deferment and the interest grew and now they're barely paying their interest and they're not even watching it fall at all. And it's very stressful. So, um, and, and, you know, the, the last thing that I would say is we're actually beta testing right now a pre-pharmacy school consult um, to kind of help people decide whether or not they should go to pharmacy school based off of the debt projection that we can make for whatever school that they're going to attend. So that's, you know, kind of very early stages. Um, you know, people can, uh, can reach out to us on our website. We have a contact button on the bottom right-hand corner. You can click that and reach out to us if that sounded really interesting to you. Uh, but if, you know, if you're already in school, the best thing to do is kind of read our free content and just probably hire us when you graduate. Perfect. And we have a, uh, a follower on Instagram at finding pharmacy. She wants to know, Travis, is it better to start paying off my interest now that I'm in school or should I wait till I graduate? Uh, so it depends on your situation. So for example, if you want to be uh, working at a community pharmacy or a, a not-for-profit kind of employer like a hospital pharmacy, then paying down your interest could be the worst thing you could possibly do. Because if you're going to go for public service loan forgiveness, you have to pay based on your income for 10 years. So you'll sign up for one of these income-based repayment programs, kind of like the pay-as-you-earn or the revised pay-as-you-earn programs. Those are the two most commonly used. And so if you're going to make those payments and you're going to have a balance that's forgiven at the end of the 10 years, then if you pay any interest while you're in school, all you did was throw money away, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
So that would be a terrible decision there if she, if she thinks that she might want to do uh, a not-for-profit kind of career as a pharmacist. If she is saying, you know what, I'm positive that I want to do retail or I, I want to do part-time uh, or you know something where I'm not necessarily always going to be a full-time employee or I'm going to have a different kind of a career path. Uh, maybe, maybe even you're, you know, you're going to work in, um, maybe you're going to work in the, um, uh, like the, the corporate world too. That's, that's another option. So if, if you're going to make, uh, kind of a decent income in the private sector, the question that I would have for her is how much is she going to graduate with relative to her, her income? So if you're going to graduate with 300,000 and 130,000 of income, then your uh, the amount that you owe divided by your income that you're expecting is actually more than two. That's called your debt to income ratio. Right. So, so if your debt to income ratio is over two, then that would suggest that you might be a good candidate for that loan forgiveness 20 to 25 year strategy where you're paying that tax bomb at the end of those couple decades of payments. And in that case, it's also a bad idea to pay extra on her interest while she's in school. Now, if she had 150,000 of debt, and she had some interest on her loans and she had she was working part-time somehow and had a little bit extra money uh, and she has no credit card debt and she's not thinking about going out and buying an expensive car with a car loan. I mean, if she's got a really sound financial picture and her expectation is that she's going to go work for industry or she's going to go work for CVS or Walgreens after graduation, then I would say that's okay. Yeah, go ahead and make some payments on your loans to get it a little bit lower so that you can, you know, when you start having to pay it back, you'll have to pay back less. But, um, but the problem that I see a lot of times is people will make payments on their loans without any strategy at all. Right. And that a lot of times is like literally taking a, you know, a lighter to $100 bills and just lighting it on fire. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem with not knowing and not being informed. And I'm so glad that we're doing the show for our student listeners and our pharmacist listeners. Um, I'm part of a Facebook group. It's called Pharmacist Moms. And one of the members was posting that she recently was laid off. Like you were talking, um, a bunch of companies were doing layoffs and she'd been with this company for 20 years. So what do you say to pharmacists in this situation where they've already been out of school for 20 years, they've already had their uh, repayment plan set. Can they change that plan at any point or do they have to stick to what they decided once they graduated? <clears throat> you can change your plan at any point if, if you have loans that are eligible to be changed. So okay. for somebody who's been paying for a very long time, it's going to be very complicated because the, she might have loans from the program that existed before the direct loan program, which is called the FFEL loan program. This program existed prior to 2010. And so if somebody has never consolidated or never altered the form of their loans, that these FFEL loans could be very, very different from what you would have access to Haley graduating in, you know, in a couple of years or so. So that's just a very, um, it's a different kind of, uh, an animal. So, you know, for, for her loans, if she's got a whole bunch of debt, you know, it could actually make sense to do, uh, a consolidation in some cases. But the problem is, is if she consolidated, she would lose all of the payment credit that she's already made on those loans if they did qualify for something like IBR, income-based repayment. So, so for her, I guess I would just say that she needs to be very careful and try to get it on some sort of income-based repayment program because, you know, that way at least her interest won't capitalize on her too badly uh, while she's trying to find another job. Um, she'll, she'll also, you know, at least have the loans not on forbearance, which is good to not have your loans in forbearance or deferment unless you absolutely have to. 
and she'll also be able to get a low monthly payment because her income changed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing that I'm kind of wondering about with, with the um, number of pharmacy schools that it's out there now is what does the future of the profession look like, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of pharmacists will still find jobs doing the core function of what the degree is supposed to be about, but um, you might have to get more creative with your job search in the future. You know, you might have to say, well, you know, I'm going to be way better at doing medical sales than, you know, somebody without a PharmD degree. You know, and so maybe you, maybe that might be a career path that well, some pharmacists will have to kind of pursue instead of the traditional route, um, you know, in, in bigger numbers. I mean, the, you know, it's kind of like law school, you know, law school went through the, the scandals um, in, the, in the Great Recession because mm-hmm. you had all of these lawyers that couldn't find jobs, you know. And so the percentage of lawyers that were doing work that where their degree was a required uh you know, it required a legal education, the percentage of the overall makeup of, of, of JD degree holders that were doing a, a job that required their degree was, was really declined a lot. And so some of the kind of shittier schools got shut down um, and are being shut down right now because of that crunch that happened to the legal profession in the Great Recession. So one thing that I'm wondering about the pharma, pharmacy world, and I'd love your thoughts on this um, too, but it's just what, what's going to happen in the future. Um, you know, will we ever be in a situation where, you know, the struggle for pharmacists is, you know, not getting just part-time hours or having to change their career trajectories, uh, but maybe not being able to get jobs like in the legal world. So I, I don't know if, if you had any thoughts on that, Haley. To be honest, it's, it's just terrifying. And I can say that at least living in South Florida, I've seen the opening of new schools and it's scary. It's scary because nobody knows, you know, it's the bubble that you're, that you mentioned and it could blow at any time. The same thing can happen with the lawyers that couldn't find jobs. And the only thing I can think of being, you know, a a mother and a household member that needs to supply money. How, how do you do it? How do you go to school for this degree that you're expecting to make X amount of money? You're counting on that. And then you might have to end up, you know, settling for a part-time position or even finding another job that has nothing to do with what you went to school for. And I, you know, I listened to the Dave Ramsey show. You mentioned him earlier and I hear people call in all the time where they have $200,000 in student loans. Um, and it's not even from, you know, a doctorate or it's not even for what they're practicing. And, and that terrifies me. And I think that not, having a cap. And I honestly don't even know how it's legal that there's no cap on how much student loan a student can take out is, is, is asinite. I think it's, it's terrifying and you must see it with all of the consulting that you do. People who are genuinely afraid, you know, to be in debt and not knowing how to get out of it. Well, so for, for the person that you mentioned, the, the, the mom with, with that got laid off that might feel like her world is crashing down around her. I mean, I, I do want to, I do like to put things in perspective. Like this is at the very worst, this is a problem that can be managed. Right. And, and so for example, for her, she's got a pharmacy degree. I have to believe that she would be able to get a job doing something else that at least involves, you know, science oriented um, subjects. Right. Right. So, I mean, she, she's got all this, uh, all this chemistry, all this knowledge from, from having to prepare for pharmacy school, getting, you know, a bachelor's degree or, and then going to pharmacy school. So, I mean, she's got a lot of education. So the very, very worst case scenario is that, you know, maybe she's going to work, you know, as, as a teacher or something. I mean, and that's not great compared to, you know, you're making, you know, 50,000 or 40,000 a year versus 
you know, 110. Yeah, that's, that's not good. But, you know, that is um, a far cry from being out in the street because, right. you know, you're a low skilled worker that makes 20,000 a year and your job got outsourced and you don't have any more options anymore. Right. Absolutely. For, Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, there, at the very least there, that person's life is, is, is not wrecked. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be really painful. So like maybe she's going to have to sell her cars. Maybe she's going to have to uh, not have her kids go to the same school that they were going to. Yeah. Maybe she's going to have to downsize her house. Um, but the good news is it's, it's, she's still going to be able to retire. She's still going to be able to send her kids to college. Um, you know, she's still going to be able to live a, a very comfortable life with, you know, trips to different places. Um, maybe not to Paris, but maybe, you know, she's taking her kids to, uh, you know, national parks instead, you know? Gotcha. So, I mean, it's like one of those things where even in that terrible scenario that you mentioned, there's always, always options. And so sometimes like some of the fear that, that sets in is, is very natural. And so I try to turn it around to like show people what is possible in their lives instead of letting them be depressed. Like I show them how actually you have so much potential in your life, even in the worst situation, because of the fact that you did get, you know, an education, you are, in a position where you know a lot and you're not, you know, somebody without, um, without skills. And so it's just basically, you know, in the, you know, kind of a corporate world, you have to be nimble, right? You have to be ready to move from one industry to the next. If one industry kind of gets, you know, gets too many workers or it gets not as attractive anymore. So I think that, you know, pharmacists aren't, aren't going to have that stability like they did in the past. You know, one thing that that's interesting with all these new schools, as you mentioned that there's no cap for borrowing, so in 2006, they took off any cap for graduate school borrowing. They made it unlimited. And schools gradually figured this out. <laughs> and so when you know, the Great Recession happened and other forms of credit seized up, the federal government took over federal student loans completely. And so now the only lender for federal student loans is the federal government. And so, um, so now there's like no underwriting standards either. And so these schools obviously realized, wait a second, you know, if we can fill the seats with students, then we are going to get um, lots and lots of money, right? Because, you know, pharmacy school uh, is a lot cheaper to run than, you know, some schools. It's not as cheap as maybe a law school is, but it's, it's certainly a big source of making lots of profit for the university. And so, you know, you've got these universities that are looking at their pharmacy schools as sources of massive profit. And so one of the scary things is the, you know, the, the private schools are enrolling a disproportionate share of the graduates because they're the ones that are trying to make the biggest profits. Whereas, you know, your kind of public schools tend to be, uh, I guess, a little bit lower cost, a little bit more concerned about what the cost of education is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think in some cases, it's just absolutely abject greed where the schools realize that they can um, get people enrolled and, you know, let's do it. For example, I talked to one pharmacist recently who talked about the rise of early enrollment at pharmacy schools. And, um, and basically what they're trying to get you to do is commit to early enrollment so that you don't apply somewhere else so that you don't start a bidding war for merit scholarships against another institution. So they're very desperate to get people in, in the, in the seats and if you have really good scores where you'll make their pharmacy school look really good, if you go there, then you can probably start a bidding war on um, getting, you know, a lower uh, tuition cost um, with better, you know, merit scholarships or, or, or a discounted tuition rate, if you will. And so, um, but, but what they try to do at the early admission is prevent you from ever doing that by committing early, 
now you're not going to be going and asking for, you know, an extra $10,000 a year scholarship because some other place offered you a better deal. Right. And you know, I didn't even know that that was possible. The bidding war between schools. I feel like barely any students know about this. It's like a a well-kept secret schools don't want you to know about. And I also, you know, I I wonder, I hear these things of different schools where um, if, if you don't pass a class, you know, you're not offered a remedial, so you have to repay the year. And then, you know, you talking about this just gets me thinking, like, is this just something they're doing for profit? You know, are they holding students back and not offering them a summer remake course or something like that just to, to charge the tuition again? Absolutely. I mean, so I I actually think that, so, you know, remember I worked in like kind of the Wall Street world. Right. Actually, I actually think that there's university professors and deans out there that kind of uh, make some of the people I worked with in Wall Street look, uh, look generous. Wow. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out there that are good people that they care about students. They're trying to do their best. You know, a lot of the professors that you run into they don't have any control over what the school's doing. Right, you know right. I mean? They're they're just trying to teach teach you, do a good job, help you make sure that you got the right knowledge to go out in the world and, and help people. I mean, the vast majority of people at these schools are, are good people that are even the ones that are popping up that are new schools, they care about people. But the problem is is the people that are making the decisions, you know, might not, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they might not be that that generous, right? They might not be that altruistic. At the end of the day, you know, the bigger their university, the more money they make. Absolutely. You know, a university is the compensation and and bonus package for their top people is based off of how much revenue the school is bringing in, how profitable it is. And so, you know, any kind of private school with, with that kind of incentive structure, you know, your top people might be making a massive amount of money um, with a very kind of frankly cushy lifestyle compared to what you might have to do in the private sector. Um, and all you got to do is just keep the flow of grads going and keep tuition high and convince people that, that now is the best time in the history of the pharmacy profession, right? That's one <laughs> thing that I hear across the board is like all these people in different fields, they'll tell me stuff like they went to orientation and you know, the dean comes in and they say, this is the best time in history for pharmacists, or this is the best time in history for dentists or lawyers or doctors or you know, physicians. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever the, the field is. And, um, and it's kind of designed to like paint the picture, show you the lifestyle, like kind of make you, make you want it. And, um, so, so I guess like what I would say is, is think about this. What if you could do a part-time job and make 60 or 70,000 a year working 20 hours a week? And what if your student loans could be handled in such a way where you would pay like $400 a month for your student loans and put away maybe a couple hundred dollars a month for your future tax penalties. And, and then you could just invest for retirement and just spend it and, and enjoy life on the rest. So actually, as crazy as our student loan rules are, they actually do make for some really unique opportunities for people who are willing to be frugal with their lifestyle. So if you could tell me that, you know, I was going to have to pay six, five to $700 a month out of my $70,000 earnings or six, let's say $60,000 earnings to keep it more realistic. So I'm going to earn 60,000. I'm going to lose about, I don't know, eight, eight or 9,000 of that to student loan payments um, on these income driven programs. And so I'm going to be li- left with like 50 something. So if, if I would be given the option of working part time and earning 50,000 a year in pre-tax salary, um, helping people doing interesting work. I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. You no, know, 
No, and it's an um, option that I think many people don't know exists. Yeah, and so the, the, the key there is you have to make sure that your strategy is set up in such a way with your loans that that's a reality. That's a possibility. Um, and so a lot of people don't do that. They put lots of pressure on themselves. They try to pay all their loans back. Uh, they try to pay you know a little bit more than the interest, but they're not really making a lot of progress. Like They just make a lot of mistakes. So if somebody wants to be part-time, they can be part-time, even if they have 300000 from a private school. Um, if they want to go work in a hospital-based setting, you can get a lot of your loans forgiven that way. That's, that's a great path to go down if you have a lot of student debt. If you want to work full-time and you love the idea of being debt-free, you can do that. You can go to a place uh, and refinance your student loans to get a lower interest rate, and uh, you can refinance multiple times and pick up multiple cashback bonuses. Uh, and you can pay it down to zero and then you can have that degree where you've got, you know, a six figure income for the rest of your life as long as you want it and you'll have no debt. So, so there are very positive things about the pharmacy profession. It's, it's definitely not all negative. Um, it's just, it's kind of like anything where, you know, what was a hundred percent positive, like this is the best field in the world kind of a scenario, you know, cause they did that, um, they published that, that study that basically said that, you know, all the boomers are going to get old, right? And so they're going to have all these pharmacists that they're going to need. And if they don't have the pharmacists, then the world's going to blow up. So you're going to have massive job growth in pharmacy and you're going to have, you know, this huge salary growth for pharmacists because there's going to be a shortage. And then, you know, fast forward into the future and then the shortage is more than being met. <laughs> right. Especially in certain parts of the country, you know, you could probably still move to rural West Virginia and still make some really great money and have a lot of room to negotiate your salary. But yeah, if you want to be in, you know, downtown Miami, like you might have a hard time. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a brave new world for pharmacy out there, you know, Haley? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think it's really important with everything you've said, just to tell everyone, you know, having a plan is so important. It's so important to know what you're going to do and how you're going to tackle this mountain because it's, it's a mountain, no matter which way you look at it, it's a mountain of debt. And you know of so many options out there, you know, that us normal people don't, you know. And I want to ask you now about cost because I know everyone listening, you know, is very on board about having a plan and they want to know what to do with their loans. How much does it cost to have a personalized plan created with you guys? Sure. So if you owe less than 200000 in household debt, so, you know, anyone, your spouse, like combined, it's like less than 200000 then that costs uh, two ninety five. It's a one-time flat fee. We prepare the plan. We get you on the phone for an hour. You schedule a call, and we talk through all of your options and, and find the best one. And so if you owe 200000 to 400000 of household debt, then the fee is $449, one-time flat fee. And you know, you'll, same thing. We get you on the phone. We go through the options. It's a little bit more complex because you have more debt. Um, and then if you owe more than 400000 of household debt, then um, that would be, for example, like you maybe are married to another pharmacist that also went to a private program, and so you both have a ton of debt, uh, then you would, it's five ninety five dollars one-time fee, and then you would work with me directly. So I have kind of transitioned uh, as the business has grown to really handling the very high, you know, most complex cases, and so I, that's why, you know, I charge a lot more for that um, because the savings are usually a lot greater as well. So, so it's five ninety five basically to work with me. And then one of my team members, Rob usually handles the $200,000 to $400,000 loans and Lauren handles the zero to $200,000 loans. 
Um, and so that's that way we're kind of able to give a really great price to the people who might just have 150,000 just want a few questions answered, but we're also able to serve, you know, that really high debt segment that could make or break their lives by like their student loan plan, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so like the average savings that we're finding, the, the projected savings, and these are over the lifetime of uh, someone's uh, repayment. So this is not like immediate savings, but this is, you know, spread out over a 20 year time frame over the, uh, usually is uh, $57,000. So the wow. average the average client that works with us, you know, over a twenty year twenty five year period, we're finding projected savings of about fifty seven thousand dollars by altering what they're currently doing. So that's that's you know not counting the people um, who are already on the right path. Like we we put in you know zero for for those clients in terms of how much we saved them, and you know that's why we charge a, a transparent flat fee instead of a contingency fee. Like we're not interested in charging, you know, one to 10% of our savings, projected savings or something like that. It's just a one-time flat fee. We charge for our time. In 90% of cases, we find people projected savings of five figures or more. Um, sometimes it's a lot more. I had a pharmacist friend of mine who was on the standard plan, was working at a qualifying hospital for PSLF. He was paying 2000 a month. Instead of paying 2000 a month, he was actually supposed to be paying 700 a month. Wow. So if you project that out over his uh, lifetime of his loan repayment, he was going to save about $130,000. So, I mean, sometimes it's a lot of savings <laughs> if you're on a really bad plan. And if you're just kind of on a modestly bad plan, it's usually, like I said, you know, some, some low five-figure amount if you're doing most of the things the right way. So... I think you know probably everybody that has more than a hundred thousand could could benefit from getting a plan. You know, uh, so the the link for that um, is studentloanplanner.com slash pharmacy podcast. Make sure to go there to read about uh, read read more about it. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that if you have a small amount of debt relative to your income, you know, you need to refinance. We don't. We're not trying to you know, take money from you with, without adding tons of value. So if that's you, you don't necessarily need to hire us for making a plan. You can just go to studentloanplanner.com, click on the refinancing bonuses uh, link in the menu bar, and then just apply a bunch of different lenders and get, you know, a few hundred bucks and a lower interest rate and get out of debt sooner. So everything we do is focused on student loans, focused on pharmacists, focused on trying to get you out of debt as fast as possible. And, and also, I, I think it's important to tell people that, you know, we're not trying to sell you financial advising. We're not trying to sell you disability insurance or term life insurance or something like that. You know, we don't have a, a recurring, you know, $300 a month financial planning thing that we want you to sign up for. All we do is student loans. The fees that I mentioned are our only fees. So, you know, it's, it's not like we are, we have some, some sort of like hidden agenda. Like that's all we do is just fix people's student loans. And we serve, like I said, I think 1200 people at this point. So we're, we're basically doing a volume based approach so we can offer tremendous value. That's perfect. Pharmacists are considered medication experts, and it's now time that we let student loan repayment experts guide us on the path to becoming debt-free. And I'm going to say that again. The link is studentloanplanner.com slash pharmacy podcast. Travis, thank you so much for joining us today. And for everyone listening, take advantage of the great services offered by Student Loan Planner. This is something that we all need even if it's just to, to get an idea of what path we want to take. Again, that's studentloanplanner.com slash pharmacy podcast. 
Travis, thank you so much. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for updates on the show. Thanks so much, Haley. Have a great day. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders.